just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It's Saturday. We're into the weekend, so we got that going for us. I got to tell you, this week's been a little crazy. A lot of shit is happening. And with the release of this affidavit, oh, we've got plenty to talk about. In fact, this whole show uh, will probably be mostly about the affidavit. There's a lot of things to consider. And I can tell you, based on what I've seen right now, just regarding the documents and the affidavit, Donald Trump, without question, will be indicted by the DOJ at some point in the next couple of months. It's going to happen. They can't not indict this fucking clown. Now, that said, that's in case Georgia and Fonnie Willis doesn't indict him first, because that's starting to pop off right now, too. We are coming down to the final strokes there. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all shakes out. But no matter which way Donald Trump looks at this point, he is fucked. I can't imagine anybody in history having this much stuff raining down on him. He's got Georgia. He's got the document situation with the DOJ. He's got the January 6th committee and the grand jury the um, DOJ has with the insurrection. He's implicated in there, too. And then we've got New York. We've got the civil case with Letitia James, the attorney general in New York. But now his buddy, Alan Weisselberg, his CFO for his company, uh, is is uh, pleading out. And he's going to start talking about all the things that are the Trump organization and all the criminal activity. Now, when we heard about that, we heard that, uh, well, he wasn't going to talk about Donald Trump. Well, that doesn't really make sense because this company is not very big. There's Trump, there's Weisselberg, maybe a couple of his kids. But if he's talking about the Trump organization, he's going to have to talk about Donald Trump. And if he feels uncomfortable about the situation, guess what? He can't plead the fifth because he's already pled guilty. He can't plead the fifth to protect himself from from uh, prosecution because he's already been fucking prosecuted. So, you know, shit's going to come out about Donald Trump in that trial with the Trump organization. So all kinds of shit going on with Donald Trump and this affidavit kind of the cherry on the top. But before we get to that, I wanted to uh, read a few emails. I got a number of them today, actually. First one comes from Bo. He says, hello, Mike. I just I first started watching your TikToks a few months ago. I've been listening to the podcast daily. I enjoy the content you're creating. It's been helping me understand the shit show the right wing agenda is. I'm 36, so not a boomer, but enjoy your perspectives. I live on Vancouver Island in Canada, which is a beautiful place. Never been there, but I'm looking to go there soon. The issues in the States has been a talking point here with my friends and colleagues. I have family that are Trump supporters and have fallen into the right wing dumpster fire and are consumed by it. There's no saving them now, sadly. I just avoid the topic altogether. Just like you say, they just speak louder and think they're always right. It's a pleasure to hear you daily. With thanks, Bo. 
Okay, here's a kid, 36 years old, doesn't even live in the country, and he listens every day. That's the one thing that fucking truly amazes me about doing this podcast. When I initially was planning to do the podcast, I thought, well, I'll do it once a week. We'll see what happens. And then I started doing it two and three times a week. And then more people kept saying, why don't you just do it every day? And I thought, that's fucking crazy. How am I going to do that? And then I realized I've been in radio for 40 years and I used to be on the air every fucking day. So to sit here for an hour, really not that big a deal. So the amazing thing to me is that all of you that listened listen every day. I mean, you guys got shit to do. You guys got lives. But somehow you carve out an hour a day to listen to the Rational Boomer podcast. And for that, I am incredibly grateful. I'm surprised, but I'm grateful. So thank you for that, Bo. Next one comes from David, who is in Houston. He says, hi, Mike. I discovered you on TikTok and listened to your podcast. Not daily. I still have a full-time job. See what I mean? He's got a life. And the fact that you don't listen daily, that's cool. I get it. I would like to consider myself a rational boomer. With that being said, here is why I believe Trump may have saved our country. Now, I know some of you are thinking that sounds crazy. But I'm picking up what he's laying down here. I tend to agree with him. Let's go on. We needed Trump as president to expose what has been slowly happening within our country for decades. Racism, Christian nationalism, corporate greed, etc. Now that the Band-Aid has been ripped off the infected wound, we still either begin healing together as a nation or the infection will spread. We should know by November, but I am confident we will be just fine. On another note, being that you and I are from the same era, we may also like to share like-minded music. When I think of Trump's legacy, a Metallica song comes to mind, King Nothing. You have a great day, and as we used to say, keep on keeping on. David Houston, Texas. Well, David, you and I are on the same page. As much as there's a lot of bad that came with Donald Trump, there is some good. The problems we are seeing now are problems that have always been there, but they've been under the cover of darkness, under a rock, like all these Trumplifucks, these white supremacists. Uh, racism hasn't gotten better over the years. They just hid. And what Donald Trump has done is brought all these things to the surface. And you might say, well, that's not good. Now we have to deal with it. No, we always had to deal with it. It was always there. But now that it is the surface, at the surface, now we can address it. Now we can do something to fix it. So I'm with you, man. David, I'm with you. I think uh, in some respects, inadvertently, Donald Trump did this country a favor. Yes, he's putting us through a lot of shit. But now we can see the problems, and they are flagrant, they are blatant, they are egregious. And these are problems that have been there for a long time. So now we see them, and now we have the opportunity to fix them. So in that regard, David, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Okay, I have two more email, emails, same guy. He wrote two, two emails, which is fine. First one, it comes from Joshua. Mike, absolutely fantastic podcast, podcast today with 
Peter Quarry. He is the psychologist, the one I wasn't sure about whether that would play on the podcast or not. As I'm about to turn 50, I have been taking a look at my life so far so I could relate to the subject matter. I also appreciate his insights into why Trumpers are so angry. This was a great podcast. Your instincts that led you to have this guest on turned out to be spot on. Joshua. Thank you, Joshua. I was really uncertain about that whole thing because it was totally against what I said I would normally do. Uh, But if you know me, that's not unusual. (laughs) People tell me I should do something and then I'm definitely not going to do it or vice versa. That's just, you know, that's the rebel in me, I guess. Um, But when I talked to Peter, I got a sense of who he was, and uh, I thought it was interesting. And in my life, psychology plays a big role. It's something I've always used, whether I be in business or in relationships or just in life in general. I'm overanalyzing everything I do and the people I talk to, and that comes from my way I was brought up. So I'm always amazed when people walk into situations and haven't figured out the psychological aspects of a situation and just go headlong into it, go against the grain and get beat every time. I don't understand how they didn't sit back and say, well, here's the deal. Here's how it maybe should go. So I thought it would be interesting to uh, um, to have Peter on. I also wanted him on for a selfish reason, because I've had people look at the way I think and come off this two different ways. They've told me I'm either the most mature emotional person there is or the craziest motherfucker there is. And the reason I say that is because I'm not somebody that carries a lot of stress. I've learned to take whatever happened before, let it go. I don't care what people think about me. Sure, it's nice to have people like you, but I'm not going to try to manipulate it and do what I think is going to make people like me. Instead, I'm comfortable just saying what I fucking say and people can like it or they cannot like it. And if you don't like me, I'm not worried about it. It doesn't bother me. So I don't carry a lot of stress and a lot of people around me, people I know have anxiety and stress, and I keep wondering why I don't have it. And I think it comes down to uh, to one sentence, why I don't have the stress and other people do. It's because I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. I don't give a fuck about those things I can't control. I don't worry about them. I set them aside. I leave them behind. So it was kind of nice to talk to Peter to kind of get some sense about what he's thinking as a professional, as a psychologist. And uh, so I had him on the show. I thought some people are going to be mad that I had him on the show because it's different than what I said I would do. Fuck it. My show. I'm going to do it. You know, there might be other shows like that where it seems kind of out of character. But again, if I think it's interesting, it's going to be on the show. Look at fucking Joe Rogan. He can have a UFO guy or a uh, UFC fighter. He he does whatever the fuck he wants to do, and he's doing pretty good. All right. The second email from Joshua and the last email for tonight. Mike, was I the only one that was slightly annoyed that Biden called the MAGA movement semi-fascist? Yeah, he did that. 
<laughs> Biden said, yeah, they're semi-fascist. I would rather have, I would have rather heard something like, MAGA is a fascist movement. We must do whatever is needed to defend our democracy. The statement was a step in the right direction, but I'd rather he'd called them out for what they are, a fascist movement. Americans need to know the government is fully aware of the threat and is taking steps to defend the people. Get tougher, Biden. You have the majority of the people behind you. Lead with strength and people will follow. Joshua. Joshua, I agree with you. Semi-fascist? If they're semi-fascist, I'd hate to see a real fucking fascist because they are without question fascist. But here's the trouble with Joe Biden. I've said the same thing. He needs to be fucking tougher. He's got the momentum in his in his direction and he's got some strength. And when you have strength, you need to use that strength. But the problem with Biden is he's an older guy, so he comes from a different era. He's also a lifetime politician. And politicians never fucking commit. They never say totally what they want to say or what they mean. They always couch it a little bit so they don't upset people. (laughs) And this goes back to my lack of stress and anxiety. Uh, I'm not afraid to upset people. I feel strongly in the things I say. And if you don't like it or don't agree, okay, that's cool. If you want to be upset about it and call me out, that's cool. But be prepared for a retort because I'm going to give it to you. Joe Biden's an older guy. He's a politician. And everything they say is kind of half there. And that's why when people tell me, you should go into politics, which I always laugh at because I would never fit in politics. I hate stupid fucking uh, meetings that are there for no reason. I'm certainly not diplomatic, and I'm not going to couch any issues. I'm going to be blunt. And some people might think that's refreshing, and that's fine. It's the only way I know how to do it. So refreshing or not, it's what I fucking do. But the thing about it is, is when you're in politics, you got to be able to play the game to a certain extent. And I think I could play the game, but I wouldn't like it. I wouldn't be comfortable with it. I wouldn't feel good about myself by playing the game. That's the thing about politics. And this is where Donald Trump failed miserably. They did. He failed because he didn't understand the game. And the game was bigger than Donald Trump. And instead of Donald Trump playing the game, the game played Donald Trump. And we're seeing it play out now. So, um, yeah, I'm with you. I wish... I wish uh, Joe Biden would have just said what he said and meant what he said, but uh, it's not surprising he didn't, given who he is, where he came from, and the era he was raised in, and the fact that he's a lifetime politician. All right, let's get to the business at hand. We had the affidavit released today. You know, this is a this is a funny situation. Ever since Donald Trump's house was searched, not raided, searched. You know, it's funny. I always get people saying, he wasn't raided, it was searched, or it wasn't searched, he was raided. What fucking difference does it make? We're talking semantics here. If that's what you want to argue with me about this topic, then you're missing the fucking point. I don't care what you call it. The fact is, they went in, grabbed documents that Donald Trump stole. And let's look at the facts. People are saying, well, they weren't those important documents. He could do this. He declassified this. Let's look at the facts very simple. He had top secret documents at the White House. 
He took those documents to Mar-a-Lago. That is against the law. That is against the Presidential Records Act. That is a crime. Then when they were there, the National Archives said, look, we want those back. So he said, sure, here's a bunch of them. Take them back. And when they got them back, they found out that they were top secret and potentially very sensitive. And they had been in Donald Trump's basement for 19 months. Well, that's fucking troubling. Well, they get the they get the documents and the National Archives says, whoa, wait a minute. There's still some shit missing. You still have some stuff here. And, of course, they get nervous and they go to the DOJ and say, we think there's a crime here. We think there's fucking problems. So the DOJ goes to him and says, you got more documents. We want them. Donald Trump says, no, we don't. We're good. His lawyers even wrote a document and said, there is no more top secret documents here. Well, they knew it was there. They had subpoenaed the video. Uh, from Mar-a-Lago, and they saw people going into a room with the documents, moving documents, putting them in different boxes, so they knew there was more. And they said that. They said, look, we know you have more. Give them back to us. And they continued to refuse. See, this is the funny thing. They keep saying all they had to do is ask for them. Turns out they'd been asking for them for about seven months, and Donald Trump had refused that or lied about it. And see, that's the second crime. When the FBI comes to you and you lie to the FBI, that's a crime. No matter who commits it, that's a fucking crime. So then now he's got all these documents and the DOJ goes or the FBI goes down there and grabs them up. And they find out there's even more sensitive documents there. And now they're on fucking high alert because it's not so much the crime that Donald Trump committed. It's the crime that he might have committed. And that crime is... Did he show them to adversarial countries like Russia or Saudi Arabia or North Korea? Did he do that? Well, that to me seems like a dumb question. He had them for 19 months. Do you really think the child that Donald Trump is said, yeah, I'm just going to hold these for later? Not Donald Trump. He was already using them. He's exposed them to people already. I'm certain of it. And if he's done that, the bigger problem here isn't Donald Trump's crimes. It's the damage he may have done to this country and our national security. Now they have to figure that out. And I have a feeling that they figured out some things about what he's used these for, which puts our country in danger, which means Donald Trump committed treason. All right, it was two weeks ago today when we were first able to review some of the official documents related to the FBI search of Mar-a-Lago. Republicans, hoping the materials would benefit Donald Trump, they really thought it would benefit him, were left pretty disappointed. The released documents showed that the federal law enforcement recovered extensive top secret and other heavily classified documents that the former president decided to keep in his glorified country club. But as regular... Folks know this was only a partial peek behind the curtain. In the days that followed, a variety of parties, including news organizations, also called for the release of the probable cause affidavit used to secure a search warrant in the first place. And this is where the Republicans learned the phrase, be careful what you ask for because you just might get it. In fact, Donald Trump publicly called for the document to be entirely unredacted. 
and released, a move the Justice Department said would risk jeopardizing an ongoing probe while putting people, including witnesses, in possible danger. Whether the former president cared about these consequences wasn't altogether clear. Here's the thing. Donald Trump said, yeah, release it. Send it out unredacted. Do you think he really thought they were going to do that? No, he didn't. He knew this was going to be all bad news. I mean, he had the documents. He knew what they were fucking about, and it wasn't going to look good on him. He was playing a game of chicken, hoping that they'd say, no, we can't do that. And then he could say, well, they're covering something up. I'm completely innocent. I didn't do anything. But once again, Merrick Garland fucked him over. They released it, redacted, but released it nonetheless. And there was a lot of information that was put in these document or that document that told us a lot. First of all, the document cleared up for us that uh, having the uh, FBI go in and search his home was completely justified because of the story I just told you. It also explained how many top-secret documents were in this tranche of documents. Now, in the first set, the 15 he took, there was like 25 top-secret documents. There was like 67 secret documents and something like 97 confidential documents. All of these are illegal for him to have. The real question that Donald Trump needs to be asked is, why did you have them? There is no good answer for that. There is no reason he should have that. In fact, there's no reason many of these documents should have ever left a skiff, a secured area. And let's be honest, Mar-a-Lago isn't a secured area. They put it in a fucking basement, in a closet. That's where they kept it. And when the FBI knew he had it and were still trying to get it, they said, you need to get this in a more secure situation. So what does dumbass Donnie Trump do? He goes, buys a fucking padlock. Like, that's going to help when you're dealing with international fucking spies. And let's be honest, because it's not a secured place, who knows who's going in there? You know, you got all these rich people walking around and drinking. And now we're hearing about um, a woman, what's her name, Anna De Rothschild. That's not a real name, but she told people she was part of the Rothschild family, and she had full, full run of Mar-a-Lago. They even played golf with her, you know. Donald Trump and Lindsey Graham, cute little thirty-five-year-old girl, and they're playing with from a from a wealthy family, which she's not. Turns out she's Russian, and it turns out she's probably a spy. She hasn't been indicted yet. But that sounds like it's coming. So no matter what they say, Mar-a-Lago was not a secured facility and certainly not appropriate to have top secret documents in it. Now, the result of all this was an agreement of sorts. Magistrate Judge Bruce Reinhardt said a copy of the search warrant affidavit could be released once it reflected federal law enforcement's redactions. Yesterday, Justice Department officials were ordered in court to unseal the redacted document, actually two days ago, this, uh, and then they did exactly that. They, they put it out there. And uh, as I predicted, and as anybody with half a brain would have predicted, none of this, none of this in this document was good. 
A redacted copy of the FBI affidavit used to justify the search of former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate was unsealed Friday. This is coming from NBC News. Revealing details of the federal government's efforts to recover classified documents, including top-secret information. Now, the affidavit said that in mid-May, FBI agents conducted a preliminary review of 15 boxes it had recovered from Trump's Florida property earlier that year and identified documents with classification markings in 14 of the 15 boxes. He didn't just have a couple. He had boxes full of them. One of the most significant concerns was the highly classified records were um, unfolded, intermixed with other records, and otherwise improperly identified. Later in the redacted affidavit, it explained the FBI agents also reviewed the contents of the 15 boxes and found approximately 184 documents bearing classification markings. 92 documents were marked as secret. I got that number wrong. Sorry, this is correct. And 25 of the documents marked as top secret. In case this isn't obvious, these are not small numbers. It's a lot of shit that he had. And again, the question is still, why do you have them? What's, what's the reason behind you having these? There is no good reason to it. The only thing, there are only two answers to this, and neither one is good. Donald Trump thinks he's like a child, and he thinks everything is his, and he thinks it would be cool to, to have these top-secret documents to show people how important he is. Now, we can only hope that that was the reason. But there's another trouble, another problem with Donald Trump. Donald Trump is a greedy, grifting motherfucker. And he saw these as money in the bank, either giving them to adversarial countries. I mean, you think about this. Just think about this. We know that Russia and Donald Trump were in bed. We know that Russia probably funded much of what Donald Trump has done in the last 10 or 15 years. Nobody, no bank would deal with Donald Trump except Deutsche Bank. But we know Deutsche Bank has gotten into some trouble uh, with laundering money. And whose money are they laundering? The Russians. So it's not inconceivable to think the Russians are feeding Deutsche Bank money. They in turn feed Donald Trump. So Donald Trump owes the Russians something. And since he's running out of money, what else could he bring? Well, he could be president of the United States, have secret meetings with Vladimir Putin, give them a lot of sway to do whatever the fuck they want, or provide documents after the fact. But then there's Saudi Arabia. That seems to be um, Donald Trump's newest girlfriend because he needs another place to grift money. And Saudi Arabia has a lot of money. Saudi Arabia also wanted to get to buy some nuclear weapons. They wanted that. And Donald Trump wanted to sell it to him when he was president. He wanted so bad to sell it to him that he was looking to try to go around Congress to do it. Well, fortunately, that was stopped. President's uh, term ends, and guess what? His son-in-law, his top advisor, gets $2 billion from Saudi Arabia, the crown prince. They say he's going to manage the money for him, but, you know, let's be honest, 
Jared Kushner has no experience managing money, let alone two billion fucking dollars. And do you think Jared Kushner is going to give that money back? I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. I don't think he's managing shit. And if Jared Kushner got $2 billion, you know that Donald Trump's going to get a taste. It would just wouldn't look good if they gave Donald Trump $2 billion. So they give it to his son-in-law and they work out some other deal after the fact. Oh, and they also gave uh, Paul Manafort a billion dollars, a convicted felon who was pardoned by Donald Trump. But they give him a billion dollars. Now, the people in Saudi Arabia, the people that are advising the crown prince said, man, don't do this. This is not a good idea. Crown prince said, fuck it, we're doing it anyway. And so now Jared Kushner has $2 billion. Paul Manafort has a billion dollars. God knows how much Donald Trump took under the table. And why did they get it? Well, the only thing of value that Donald Trump has at this point are those documents. So to think that he did nothing with it for the past 19 months is absolutely fucking crazy. The question is, how much damage did he do? All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be back right after this. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Now, I'm sure some of you are saying, Mike, did you read the whole affidavit, redacted or not? And the simple answer is, no, I didn't read the whole affidavit. I'm sure there are a lot of people out there saying, I read the whole thing. I know what's going on. I'll be honest. If you read the whole affidavit, you might know a little bit more, but probably not. There's a lot of high points out there that's heavily reported on. And if you go to the right sources, you can get the information you need. That's pretty much what I did. I didn't want to sit down and read, what, a 38-page affidavit that didn't interest me. We only have to know what where the criminality is and what we're going to do about it. And there are some important facts to consider since the release of the affidavit. This is interesting. Justice Department has now confirmed, for instance, that its request for a warrant was predicated, at least in part, on information provided by a broad range of civilian witnesses. Civilian witnesses. What does that mean? Well, it means non, you know, non-elected officials and those sorts of things. But who are they? Well, the only people they could be are the people that work for Donald Trump, that are around Donald Trump. FBI comes knocking on your door and say, you're fucked unless you tell us what's going on. These people fold up and die and throw Donald Trump under the bus as quick as you can possibly do it. And in... In an intro- introducing some new redacted content, the DOJ noted that the court itself has previously concluded concerns about those witnesses' safety and privacy. That's not just hypothetical. That raises the specter that Donald Trump, against whom credible claims of witness intimidation have been made since the Mueller investigation and the Ukraine-focused public hearings that led to Trump's first impeachment, could attempt to influence or tamper with witnesses again. He did it with the January 6th committee as well. 
I always laugh when they say witness tampering because it makes it seem so benign. When he talks about witness tampering, they're talking about threatening people's lives or threatening injury like they did with that girl on the January 6th committee. This isn't benign at all. This is highly criminal, and this is fucking dangerous. Now, the DOJ also has revealed that among the first 15 boxes of material stored at Mar-a-Lago, there were 200 classified documents. Some of those documents contained intelligence information derived from clandestine human sources, or the sort of folks you and I call spies or otherwise relating to human intelligence activities or capabilities, according to the DOJ. That's interesting that they would say that when they talk about um, clandestine human sources. They are talking about people in other countries, like close to Vladimir Putin or in North Korea, people that are spying for us that we are paying Well, in these documents, these people are named. Now, the DOJ is not going to put that in the affidavit in order to protect those people. But remember, Donald Trump had these documents and he had all those names. And who knows what the fuck he was doing with them. If he's showing Russia or Saudi Arabia or any other country and they're seeing names of spies that are in their midst that are feeding the American, uh, the United States information. Guess what happens? Those fucking people get killed. And guess what? The CIA is kind of now reporting there's been a spate of spies being killed. Can you imagine if Donald Trump is responsible for that? That is unfucking believable. Now the question is. They talked about Donald Trump writing notes on these documents. The question is, why did they bring that up in this affidavit? In in detailing the 184 classified documents returned in January, including the 25 marked top secret, the FBI stated several documents contained what appeared to be Trump's handwritten notes. Does one thing. You can't say you didn't know what was in the box if you're writing on the fucking documents. Aren't presidents allowed to mark up classified materials to aid in their own review and digestion, you might ask? Well, the answer is, of course, but it might depend on when those notes were made. After all, one of the statutes cited in the warrant application, 18 U.S.C. 1519, is violated by knowingly altering any government record or document, whether or not classified or relating to national defense. If a person's intent is to obstruct not only an investigation, but also the proper administration of any federal department or agency. Here's the other thing to consider. Even if he may have had that right as president, the moment he is no longer president, those rights are taken away because you remember... Uh, back when Joe Biden took away or took office, um, we know we know that former presidents get uh, briefings and that sort of thing and are brought into different documentation. But at that time, Joe Biden said, "No, Donald Trump is cut off. He cannot get these documents. He's not going to get the briefings." So not only was he not president, the current president said, "We don't want this motherfucker seeing anything." Imagine, for instance, those handwritten notes are 
post-presidential attempts to declassify documents with the stroke of a Sharpie and not contemporaneous reflections on intelligence received during his term. One can see why handwritten notes on classified material, while justifiable in one context, would be criminal in another. And do you think he did that while he was president or after he was no longer president? I bet you they can find out when it happened. And if he did it after he was president, that in itself is a fucking crime. A pretty egregious crime at that. Now, another question is, why does it matter that the FBI lists specific spaces within Mar-a-Lago? They did. They specified certain areas of Mar-a-Lago where this stuff was. In addition to explaining the FBI's belief that no spaces within Mar-a-Lago have been authorized for storage or classified information. There is no place in Mar-a-Lago that is appropriate to store these kind of documents. At least since the end of Trump's presidency, the affidavit also lists several specific places within Mar-a-Lago. A storage room, Trump's residential suite, a room known as Pine Hall in Trump's office, that the affidavit more definitively says are not currently authorized locations for storage of classified information of uh, of national defense nature. The express mention of those spaces in the affidavit suggests that the FBI had reason to believe additional classified or national defense information would be recovered in one or more of them upon execution of the search warrant. Now, more importantly, the FBI's identification of those spaces specifically suggests that the FBI learned those places were relevant to its investigation through either witnesses, electronic evidence, such as surveillance tapes. The DOJ did subpoena, as I mentioned, Uh, those surveillance tapes, and they did that in June. Now, why did the FBI let us see some correspondence with Trump world and not others? Over the last week, we've learned a great deal about the negotiations between Trump lawyers and the federal government, discussions that began in May of 2021 and proceeded for more than a year More than a year they're trying to get this stuff back before the Justice Department issued its first subpoena to Trump on May 11th. That's May 11th. We're going into September right now. Specifically, we know now that prior to the subpoena on April 29th and May 1st, Trump's team apparently begged the National Archives through at least two letters not to give the FBI access to the 15 boxes in a third letter. So here's here's the boxes, but don't don't let the FBI see it because uh, it's secret. <laughs> yeah, they knew they were in trouble when they sent them back, but they had to send something back. Trump's lawyer Evan Corcoran appears to have requested that Trump's team at least be allowed to review the materials themselves. To which NARA responded that Trump's designated representatives could do so subject to obtaining the appropriate level of security clearance. But the fact of the matter is, Donald Trump doesn't have that kind of clearance. But we know he went through them, he made notes on them, and God knows what he did with them. But none of the correspondence was referenced, much less included in the portions of the affidavit publicly released on Friday, nor did we see the reported June 3rd statement to the DOJ, allegedly prepared by Corcoran and signed by another Trump lawyer, 
Christina Bob. They said there's no such things here. So they fucking out and out lied. Now it makes a difference if they just lied and they knew better, then they're in trouble. If they lied because that's what Donald Trump told them, they're still in trouble, but now they got to throw Donald Trump under the bus. So it's a no-win situation here. They attested to the best of their knowledge all classified material at Mar-a-Lago had been returned to the government. But of course, we now know they were lying. Lying to the FBI is obstruction of justice. We know Donald Trump lied. Now, let me tell you something about obstruction of justice. That is a 20-year jail sentence. That's some serious shit. And this is what these lawyers are going to get for their wonderful time representing the fuck-up Donald Trump. But Donald Trump's not out of the woods either. He can try to throw them under the bus, but guess what's going to happen? They're going to get indicted and they're going to say, fuck, I'm not doing 20 years. I'm going to tell them the truth. And then it goes to Donald Trump and he's fucked because he's got nobody else to turn in. He loves being the big kahuna. Well, that's where the buck stops. They always try to get the top one on the pyramid and that's Donald Trump. So he's going down. Now, key details in the document have been struck to protect the integrity of the ongoing investigation. They don't want to give out too many secrets to fuck up the investigation. They didn't want to put out the uh, document at all. Now, that includes the identities of a significant number of civilian witnesses, as I said. And that is the compelling thing here, because the only witnesses that could be giving this information are those people that are on the inner circle with Donald Trump. Could they be family? Could they be just people who work for Donald Trump? It doesn't matter. None of this is coming from Democrats. It's coming from Republicans and Republicans that work directly with Donald Trump. See, this thing is falling apart. All these people are finally realizing how they just figured it out. I don't know. They're realizing that Donald Trump is going to drag them down and get them put in jail. So instead of doing that, the only other option is to bail on Donald Trump and to throw him under the bus. That's really their only option. Magistrate Judge Bruce Weinhardt described the redactions as narrowly tailored to serve the government's legitimate interest in the integrity of ongoing investigation and ultimately overruled prosecutors' arguments that the entire document should remain sealed. Like I say, the DOJ wanted it completely sealed. The August 8th search of former President Donald Trump's home recovered hundreds of documents, as we said. Many were top secret. Some top secret sensitive compartmented, which means higher than top secret, the nation's highest classification ranking. You can understand how that's dangerous so that anybody can fucking see it. And when you're in Mar-a-Lago, you got all these rich clowns and fucking spies coming through there. They want to just stop by and take a look. Fuck, for all we know, Donald Trump had a viewing party with uh, mimosas and, 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 and fucking finger, finger sandwiches. <clears throat> now, in the document, it said Mar-a-Lago is remarkably insecure environment for such documents to be stored. The alarming extent of the document, some reportedly concerning nuclear weapons, could potentially see Trump charged with violating the Espionage Act, obstruction of justice, and removing or destroying records. Here's some takeaways from that. But 
What you need to understand is those are all very, very, very serious crimes. And they are all crimes that are incredibly dangerous to this country. Now, there might have been a time when they said, well, we don't really feel good about indicting a a former president. But that's out the window now. They have no choice but to indict this fuckhead. Now, now, of course, Trump had all sorts of highly sensitive national defense documents, which you're not legally supposed to possess. The affidavit seems to support reporting by the Washington Post that the documents found at Mar-a-Lago were highly classified, with some being related to nuclear weapons. That is a problem. Trump also had documents covered by the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, documents marked not releasable to foreign nationals, governments, U.S. citizens, and the originator controlled information that bars dissemination unless approved by the original author, which I have a feeling he didn't have. Highly classified information was haphazardly stored at best, According to the affidavit, when the National Archives retrieved a partial set of the missing documents, they found highly classified records were unfolded, intermixed with other records, and otherwise improperly identified. We went over this before, but but it's important to understand this. Not only did he have these in an insecure place, he just had them thrown in fucking boxes. This is because they were taking things out of one box, putting it in another box. Not only were these exposed to all kinds of dangerous situations, they were just dealt with as normal paperwork. And it wasn't. It was not normal fucking paperwork. So... Donald Donald uh, is in some deep trouble. I would be immensely surprised if he isn't indicted. If he isn't, Merrick Garland, the DOJ, are going to have some serious fucking backlash. But remember, I've always said we only need one indictment. That's all we need. And if somehow the DOJ shits the bed, and I don't think they will, but if they did... It's still good old Fonnie Willis in Georgia because they seem to be in the final strokes of their investigation as they've talked to and made a target of Rudy Giuliani. They're going to be talking to Lindsey Graham. Yes, he's caused it to be delayed, but he's going to talk. He's going to have no choice in the matter. And he might even be identified as a target. And if those two are targets, Donald Trump most certainly is going to be a target because they've got his crime on audio fucking tape. Now, here's the interesting part of this, the entertaining part of it. Much of this is scary and worrisome, to say the least, but there's always entertainment value when Donald Trump is involved. And that's that's how did Donald Trump react to this being exposed? I mean, he said he wanted it put out there. He wanted it unredacted. But now he's angry what's in it. See, this is the funny thing. They talk about the... Uh, affidavit like it's going to expose the DOJ or the FBI for wrongdoing. How does that make any sense? The fucking FBI wrote the goddamn affidavit. Do you really think the the, the FBI is as dumb as Donald Trump and they would implicate themselves even if they did something wrong? It's not going to be in that fucking document. How smart do you have to be to figure that shit out? So Donald Trump greeted Friday 
the release of the affidavit. And he wasn't happy about it. He wasn't happy about it at all. In a post on Truth Social, that piece of shit app that he's got that's going bankrupt, it sounds like, um, Trump railed against the search and the redacted affidavit, specifically criticizing the judge who signed the document. He also claimed that there was no mention of nuclear, seemingly a reference to reports the search was related to documents about nuclear weapons, though there may have been some mention of this in the redacted portions of the document. This is the next excuse that Donald Trump used, and I predicted it. Go back to the podcast. Go back to the TikToks. I said, this is what he's going to say. He says, the affidavit is heavily redacted, Trump wrote. Nothing mentioned on nuclear, a total public relations subterfuge by the FBI and DOJ or our close working relationship regarding the document turnover. We gave them much. No, Donnie, you had to give them all, and you didn't do that. But I knew that he would say, well, it's redacted, so it doesn't count. That may have worked for you, Donnie, when you were fucking president. Not working today. See, the thing about it is, what has been redacted is mostly the people that threw you under the bus, Donald Trump. And they're all your buddies. They're all your employees. It's not a Democrat in the bunch. It's all fucking Republicans. And they threw you under the bus. Donald Trump tries so hard to distract, divert. And it worked for a time when he was in office. But now that he's out of office, he's no longer president. The FBI is involved. The DOJ is involved. The January 6th committee is involved. There's a lot of people that don't have the money or the power that Donald Trump once had, and they are going to fold up like a fucking, uh, like a, like a patio chair. He's going to fold up because they have no choice. Do they really want to go to jail for Donald Trump? Well, they made a huge mistake by sticking by him as long as they did, but they ain't going to jail for him. Judge Bruce Reinhardt should never have allowed the break-in of my home, Trump continued. He recused himself two months ago from one of my cases based on his animosity and hatred of your favorite president, me. What changed? Why hasn't he recused himself on this case? Obama must be very proud of him right now. U.S. Magistrate Judge Bruce Reinhardt approved the search warrant and has since faced a storm of death threats from Trump supporters. But looky here, Donnie's all upset about somebody not recusing themselves. That sounds like a familiar a familiar story. Who could that be? Uh, Clarence Thomas, for example. Clarence Thomas, who doesn't recuse himself from anything having to do with January 6th, in spite of the fact that his wife was probably one of the uh, originators and the people that pushed this insurrection. Or maybe those cases that involve his wife. You would think he would re- recuse himself, but he doesn't. 
And now Donnie Trump's all butthurt about this judge not recusing himself. Let me explain something to you, Donnie. Regardless of what judge was in there, even if you appointed that judge, they would have had to approve this. Otherwise, they probably would have been impeached. This is so obvious, so egregious, and so dangerous to the country, the judge did the only thing he could fucking possibly do. Now, despite having publicly called for the affidavit's release in prior weeks, Trump's lawyers made no corresponding legal moves. Listen to that. They kept saying, yeah, release the affidavit, but they never made a motion to the court. They never asked the court to do that. You know who did the biggest push about getting this affidavit released? It was the media, people like CNN, MSNBC. They wanted the information. Donald Trump said he wanted the information, but deep down he did not want that because he knew it was not going to go well. He was only saying that, as I said before, so that when they didn't release it, he could see, see, it's a cover-up, it's a cover-up. Well, that blew up in Donald's face because they did release it, and it did look bad for Donald Trump. Now, conservative attorney George Conway, Kellyanne Conway's husband, predicted that that's because Trump's legal team would have a hard time defending the allegations contained in the affidavit. All this affidavit can do is to add more heft and more substance to what we already know about Trump having stolen these documents, which is pretty damning, he said. They didn't actually stand up in court and ask for it because they know that uh, if the whole thing were released, it could contain a damning narrative, which it did. Conway added that it's been almost three weeks since the search and Trump's legal team has failed to articulate a single cogent defense for the former president's behavior. And that's what it all comes down to. Donald, you had all these top secret documents. You stole them from the White House. You brought them down to Mar-a-Lago. You stored them in a fucking closet with a padlock, for Christ's sake. And everyone knows that a padlock closet is the safest place from spies. And you're in Mar-a-Lago, and you've got spies running around the complex, the compound. We know this because of what we talked about earlier, this woman who claimed to be a Rothschild, who endeared herself into Mar-a-Lago, even played golf with Lindsey Graham and Donald Trump. Turns out she's not a Rothschild. She's a Russian, and she has caused some havoc throughout this country. She's not arrested yet, but I got to believe she probably will be. I mean, did Vladimir send her over? I mean, she's a cute little 35-year-old girl, a little old for Donald Trump, but, you know, she's cute nonetheless. You know, and maybe Lindsay and and this girl could have done each other's nails because Lindsay has no sexual interest in them, in her. But it's just all so fishy. It's all so, so fishy. And everything you read about this situation makes it worse. There is nothing in these documents that is a saving grace to Donald Trump. None of it makes him look good, and he knows it. And he's at a point right now where he's flailing. He's so worried about these documents, he's not even thinking about Fonnie Willis in Fulton County, Georgia. But she's going to fuck up Donald Trump, too. He's not thinking about the Manhattan District in New York, where his his trusted CFO, Alan Weisselberg, is going to throw him under the fucking bus. 
You can predict this situation. Whenever you have somebody like Donald Trump, people will ride the coattails as long as it's beneficial to them. But once they have to be accountable for some shit, and once they have to go to trial or maybe go to jail, then all bets are off. They're going to step back and throw Donald Trump under the bus. Now, I will say, this took a lot longer than I imagined. I thought this would have happened a long time ago, but because he was protected by the DOJ and William Barr and and the Republican Party, uh, he was kind of untouchable for a while. But since he left office, he's no longer untouchable. And we're seeing a perfect illustration of that. We're seeing that he is now touchable and he's being exposed every inch of the way. Now, as soon as Joe Biden left office, of course, people were upset that Donald Trump wasn't taken out in handcuffs and thrown immediately in jail. And I told you many times that this is going to take some time. But people all along the way said, oh, nothing's going to happen to him. He's not going to be accountable. Funny, I don't hear from those people today. Every so often somebody says something, but I think people are finally realizing it took some time, but... Merrick Garland, who we all thought wasn't doing anything, apparently was doing a lot. And it's now starting to come to pass. Merrick Garland has never lost a prosecution case. He even prosecuted Timothy McVeigh for the Oklahoma bombing. (laughs) Timothy McVeigh was convicted, and so was his partner. So, When he is going head-to-head with a former president, that's a very touchy situation. You can't just jump in, start making claims, and indict him right away. you got to do this right, otherwise you could fail. And since Merrick Garland's got a perfect record as far as convictions, I have a feeling he wanted to keep it that way. He knew there were problems, but he had to make sure everything was proven. Now that this affidavit has been put out, we can see what was happening. Very clearly, Donald Trump broke a number of laws. He may have put this country's national security in jeopardy. This is all pretty damning stuff. You think about this fucking guy, Donald Trump. He was behind the insurrection on January 6th. He incited that fucking crowd. He was part of it. He held back the National Guard, the police, and every other thing that could have helped people in that situation. He is responsible for the insurrection. That in itself should be enough to be sent to the gallows, in my opinion. But it didn't stop there. There are the other lies. There are the other criminality. There's the other corruption. And then you throw in the fact that he sold top secret documents, brought them home, lied to the FBI, and probably distributed this information to our adversarial or enemy countries. Tell me somebody in history, Benedict Arnold included, who have done more egregious things to destroy this country. There is no one human in history that's done more damage to this country than Donald Trump. Donald Trump wants to be the top guy. He wants to stand out. He wants to be famous. Well, I'll tell you something about Donald Trump. When the history books are written, he will be fucking famous, but he will be probably the most hated human in the history of this country. He'll probably come in first above Adolf Hitler, only because Donald Trump was in this country. 
Donald Trump had no idea what he was in for. All his life he could get away with whatever he wanted and somebody would bail him out. He insisted on having everything his way. Unfortunately, he got into a game that he didn't understand. And when he got into the game that he didn't understand, he fucked up. And he fucked up a lot. Now, the Republicans did a lot to protect him, but now they can't. The thing you have to understand is all these things that Donald Trump did, he couldn't have done alone because Donald Trump is a lazy, non-detailed piece of shit. So he had all his cronies or his lackeys around him helping him. And what these lackeys and cronies don't understand, they thought they were doing something for their career, that they were setting their future because they're siding with a former president. Now, instead, what's going to happen, these people are going to start paying some prices. Some may get indicted. Some may go to uh, trial and get convicted, and some may go into jail. Not only are you going to see Donald Trump get indicted, you're going to see dozens and dozens of people around him, from Merrick, uh, from from Mark Meadows to Rudy Giuliani, maybe Lindsey Graham, to uh, any number of people are going to get indicted. We are going to see a spate of indictments like nobody has ever fucking seen. And Donald Trump is going to be at the top of the heap. What was once thought a problem to do in indicting a former president now is essential that he gets indicted. You don't get to do all these things and get away with it regardless of what position you had at any time in your fucking life. Because if you let this go and you let him slide, then somebody else is going to try. And maybe that somebody else has half a fucking brain and they succeed. That's how dangerous of a situation we're in. Not to mention what adversarial country has our top secrets in their fucking desk drawer. And you can bet some do because Donald Trump no doubt did something with these things. When you look at this as a whole, you see the game, you see the scam. It's poorly done by Donald Trump, but because the Republicans continued to protect him, he got away with it. And he kept getting away with it. Now, these Republicans who protected him all this time, they are going to have a problem because the stink of Donald Trump will stick to them like fucking glue. When they go off into their regular lives or try to continue in politics, that's going to be hanging over their head. And you know what? They fucking deserve it. Those people should not be in U.S. politics ever again. They are a danger to this country. Whether they're the lowest or the highest guy next to Donald Trump, they are a danger to this country. At the very least, they should be out of politics forever. If it's true justice, they should be in fucking jail. And honestly, I think you're going to see some people in jail. People always ask me, is Donald Trump going to go to jail? I don't know that he'll go to jail because he has to have the Secret Service and all this stuff. But you know what may happen? He could get um, locked down in his house. You know, he could serve his term in the house. Now, people will say, well, he lives in Mar-a-Lago. It'll be a fun place to live. He's old and uh, no big deal. What you have to understand about Donald Trump with what's going on in New York, the Manhattan District, and everything else, when this is all said and done, Donald Trump will be a broke-ass bitch. He won't be able to afford Mar-a-Lago. It'll either be sold or taken away from him. And and uh, if he's on house arrest, the house he's living in may not be that great. 
because he won't have any fucking money and certainly nobody willing to help him. All right, we're going to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for taking the time to uh, listen. I appreciate it very much. What I even appreciate more is if you're on TikTok with me, you may or may not know that I did a live for about an hour, hour and a half, which I don't normally do because the last time I had I did it, I got taken down by one of the Trump LaFucks and then I got, I got suspended for seven days from doing a live, which is fine because I don't do them very often. Well, I did a live yesterday. Went pretty well. We had some trumple fucks, but I didn't get taken down. Some of my moderators got in there and started weeding those fucks out. So I had a good time. We did a live. And I'm hoping to do yet another one sometime soon. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But I hope you have a great day. And we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.